and the Holy Spirit and God. Wonderful to be with you. Um, over this weekend, um, I'll be just covering the theme of peace. Uh, so yesterday we spoke about the, um, the meanings of peace and what it is to have a focus on peace and peace that is particularly in Christ and peace that must revolve around Him and peace that must be in Him because all other peace will pass away. Anything the world gives us in any way will, will no longer have a place uh, because the world is changing, the world is fickle, um, the world adapts to its own interests. But the beauty of our God is that He is perfect and He is unchanging and He is eternal. And so when our peace is in Him, when He says, My peace I give you, then it is a very precise, special, unchanging, unquenchable kind of peace. And, and our Lord says very clearly, and that peace no one will take from you. None at all will take it from you. And so, um, I think, once we come to that realization, the next step is, um, well, what kind of peace are we talking about? How do you apply it? So, of course, it's peace with God, peace within myself, but I suppose the most challenging is peace with others. Because it would be great if everyone was, if everyone was as perfect as I am, <laughs> and if everyone was absolutely always right like I am, <laughs> and everyone's always understood everything with clarity like I do, because if people are like me, then the world is a perfect place. And that's how we all think. We all want everyone to be like us. And so therefore, of course, um, dealings become really simple. If everyone's like me, and, and I can deal with others uh, the way I want to be dealt with, and so on and so forth, it makes life easier. But the reality is that we deal with lots of different kinds of people and a variety of situations. We deal with um, difficulty, we deal with conflict, we deal with um, people very intimately, family, we deal with people slightly more arm's length, friends, communities, we deal with the world at large. But how is it that I'm supposed to live that sort of peace with others? And of course, the first thing I've got to look at is what our Lord says in Matthew 28, 38. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So that concept of peace comes, must come out of love. You know, we often will try to make peace because it's the right thing to do, because it's the appropriate thing to do, because it's the politically correct thing to do. And, and that, is sometimes, that is sometimes necessary. But it makes it much more difficult to apply and to live. If peace does not come from a depth, and if it is not built on love, then it becomes undermined very, very quickly. 
and it disappears very, very quickly. And so it all revolves around this, love your neighbor as yourself. And even beyond that, it's not just our neighbors. So who else is it? Um, it's you know, taking the sublime to the ridiculous. It's our enemies. Love your enemy. Bless those who curse you. Be good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That's Matthew 5, 44-45. And that's the core of it. Our Lord asks for, in human terms, the impossible. He doesn't want us to just love our neighbors, because that's hard enough sometimes. But he wants us to love our enemies. But you know what? We've seen situations where that is the greatest impetus for peace. Um, we think back to contemporary history. 2013. A um, hundred of our churches and places of worship are attacked in Egypt, simultaneously over 48 hours. We've never seen anything like it. What's the response of people? They go out on the walls of those burnt churches and they write, love your enemy. And suddenly, this incredibly tense situation is overcome by peace. Um, to give you context, it was you know, after the uprising in Egypt, um, a very inflamed country in a very inflamed region. Uh, the head of you know, the person representing Muslim Brotherhood just been uh, removed. There's a lot of tension, a lot of anger, uh, a lot of resentment. Um, and the idea was, let's do this so the Christians hit back. And when the Christians hit back, then we have lots of strife and lots of anger and we can capitalize on it. That was the plan. When the Christians didn't hit back, when the Christians loved their enemies, when the Christians did good to those who hated them, when the Christians prayed for those who persecuted them, suddenly it brought peace into the environment and the situation was diffused. And you're thinking, well, that's a bit far-fetched. Well, yes, and, and we pray that this never ever happens again to us or to anyone else. But the reality is, even in our own lives, this happens. You will get people who will come and try to provoke you. Intentionally. They will intentionally push your buttons. They will intentionally press on a sword. They will intentionally do and say things where they're trying to hurt you. So what do you do? Yeah, but I'm only human. Well, newsflash, our Lord was speaking to humans when he said this. Knowing, not just knowing, but having created us, being fully aware of our limitations. 
and yet asking us to do what is apparently impossible so that we can achieve the apparently impossible, which is peace in conflict, peace in unrest. People look at us as Christians and think, you guys are just pushovers. You know, seriously, you're just naive. You want the world to walk over you? I remember traveling during that period. Um, I was in Washington transiting just for a day. And uh, I was at the airport and the general came up and said, are you, are you from the Coptic Church? He was speaking Arabic and I said, yes. He said, um, do you like what's happening in Egypt? And I said, in what way? He said, do you like the fact that you're not retaliating? I said, well, actually, yes. And he said something Arabic. And he said, بالجزم. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they are going, they are, and it was a very sort of insulting way of saying, they're, they're going to hit you with their shoes, kind of. It's a very derogatory thing to say. And I said, fine, so be it. He said, but you're not going to stand up for yourselves? I said, we've been there for 2,000 years. We're the biggest Christian community in the area. We have incredible witness, and this isn't out of sense of pride. This is just to say to you that we don't need to protect or defend ourselves because we are in the hands of a much mightier God. It turned out that he was um, a, an activist. He was dismissed from Egypt and he was living under an alias in the US because he was seen to be one of the people who um, prompted the uprising, the revolution in 2011. I only found this out later because I found that his name so thank, thank God I didn't say anything I shouldn't have said. But this guy was coming from a particular perspective and he didn't understand how it was that we didn't do this. And that's what the world says. You're pushovers, what are you doing? But they don't understand that our God is not a naive God. He is an omnipotent, omniscient God. He, he is the Alpha and the Omega. And so when he asks us something, it's because it is pragmatic and it is good. The outcome is right. So when he says, Love those who persecute you. Pray for them. Forgive them. It's not because he wants us to be pushovers. It's because he knows that is the route to victory. That is not the route to defeat. It is the route to victory. Because you can never combat darkness with darkness. You can never combat darkness. So imagine... So imagine if you come into this room and the lights are fully out and you say, okay, how do I sort this out? You know, I'm going to walk in with an extinguished candle. That will solve it. Darkness can never chase out darkness. What breaks darkness is light. What breaks enmity is love. 
What breaks conflict is peace. And that's why God asks this. Because it is this that makes us winners. And it may not be winners in the understanding of this world, but newsflash, we are not of this world. So it doesn't matter. Why do I need to be perceived as a winner? Who's it going to make a difference to? Is it going to make me feel better and more confident? Is it going to make me feel more honored and honorable? What is it going to do? And to who? And so forgiveness, love, peace, all of these are tools of victory. They are not ways of defeat. In Philippians 2, 3 we read, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each other esteem others better than himself. Why? Because if that person needs esteem, then give it to them. What, what am I going to lose? It, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. The more you go through life, the more you realize some of the battles you've been involved in are absolutely meaningless. If someone is in front of you and he or she is suffering low self-esteem and he or she needs a comforting word, an encouraging word, even to feel better about him or herself, Where's the harm? Do I end up feeling better about myself because that person feels worse? Do I feel bigger because that person is smaller? Do I feel more important because that person is less significant? If I do, then I've got some serious problems because I am measuring myself against that person not against myself. Right? I am measuring myself against that person, not against myself. And that's the mistake we often make. We measure ourselves against others. And so we either feel better or worse. But if I measure myself against myself, then I know what I'm aiming for. I know what I want to achieve. I want to, to trade with my five talents or my one talent. I want to be a faithful steward as only I can be. I'm not going to compare with anybody else because other people must maybe much more saintly, much better, or on the other end of the spectrum. It doesn't matter how other people are. It does not make me a better or worse person. Because when God measures me, he's not going to say, um, how good were you compared to Abuna? He's going to say, how faithful were you as you? And so, peace is the ultimate victory. Because it breaks enmity and conflict. It breaks unrest. Breaks hatred. So 
So as we think about peace, we think that it is an offering that we have to the world, but as an offering that we also receive blessings from. Because our Lord says that if we become those who are agents of peace, what are we? We're children of our Heavenly Father. That's who we are. Because He, above all things, in the way He deals with us, in His incarnation, in His resurrection, in what He brought to the world, is the Prince of Peace. And glory be to God for you.